May is Mental Health Awareness Month. And as someone who has dealt with both depression and anxiety, I wanted to share with you how I'm overcoming my mental illness. Now, this may not have a direct impact on growing your revenue or increasing your online presence. But as a small business owner like you, I want to shed light on a very real and sometimes taboo topic that can affect your productivity and your motivation. Here we go. You're listening to episode number eight of the Social Media Mompreneur Podcast. I'm your host, Marilena Lamp, and it is my purpose to help you grow your revenue and increase your online presence with tangible and inexpensive online marketing tips. I really feel the need to start out this episode with the disclaimer that I am not a psychologist or a therapist. And if you feel that you need help, I strongly encourage you to go talk to a psychologist or a therapist. The extent of my knowledge is my own experience, and if it counts whatsoever, is my undergraduate degree in psychology. This episode is really about my own personal experience, and it may not apply to you, or it might help you somewhat. But for the most part, I am in no way, shape, or form a doctor or licensed in this field. Okay, now that we've gotten that out of the way, let's talk a little bit about my own personal experience. So my depression started to surface when I was in high school. I remember being really down and just breaking down into tears for no reason. So I approached my parents about this, and their initial takeaways were that I was just under a lot of stress. At the time, I was in two AP classes, and I was playing two varsity sports as well as a competitive travel volleyball team. And so they just thought that I was just overwhelmed and just stressed out. So I took that and um, I realized that my symptoms just didn't change. So I approached them again and they decided to take me to a doctor. So I went to a general practitioner, which in hindsight was probably not the best doctor to go to, but any help is better than no help. And he prescribed me on medication that is for depression and anxiety. So I was on medication until, oh, I would say about three years. That was through college. And um, it helped me for when I needed help. So I was really grateful that my parents were able to help me and um, I felt that I had overcome my depression. So fast forward to grad school. So I went to business school a few years after I graduated from undergrad and I started feeling a lot of anxiety, and this could be because I was working full-time and I also was in school full-time, and the school that I was in is really competitive, and the other students in my program are so freaking talented, which is why the program is so good, and it's a huge reason why I chose that school, but it also makes for a very competitive environment where the standard is set very high. So I was under a lot of stress there. So I was encouraged to go speak with a therapist. Uh, She was a cognitive behavioral therapist, and I found that this was really helpful for me. So I chose to not go on medication at that time, and I believe that was simply because that was kind of the start of my holistic days, if you will. Uh, Just to put it in perspective, I was working for Whole Foods, and I also that was when I started being vegan. So I was really trying to go a natural route and not take any medication. Now, with that said, 
I understand based on my own psychology education that really the best form of treatment is to take medication and to go to therapy simultaneously. So when I say best, I mean that studies have shown that that is the most effective way to treat any mental illness. So uh, take that for what it's worth. I personally chose the second time to just do therapy. So at the time, I was diagnosed with generalized anxiety disorder. And while that sucks, it definitely is not as bad as it could be. For example, I do not get panic attacks. Thank goodness. Panic attacks are really common in my family. And from what I understand, they basically make you feel like you want to die or that you are dying. And I never really want to feel that way. So I'm really happy that I don't have it as bad as it could be. Anxiety brings up the nature versus nurture argument for me. Can you tell that I was a psychology major? Here's what I mean. Many people in my family have mental illness. So does that mean that I'm predisposed to it? Probably. That's the nature part. The nurture part is I recognize that certain things trigger my anxiety. For example, I love being busy. I like to do everything all at once. But That makes me feel overwhelmed and stressed at times, and that's what triggers my anxiety. So while I'm predisposed to having anxiety and mental illness, I believe that there are environmental factors that can trigger it. So I can't change my family history or what I'm predisposed to, so I need to focus on what I can control. How can I change those environmental factors, or how can I respond differently to them? The strategy that has arguably helped me the most with my anxiety is focusing on my gratitude. So one way I do this is to keep a morning journal. So every morning I sit down and I write down three things I am grateful for. And these can be small things. They can be really big things. But the idea of it is to have a positive mindset and to set the tone for the day. Another way to do this, and this is much more of a conscious effort on my part, is to change the narrative throughout the day. It's so easy for me to complain about, I'm so tired and I just don't have energy for this. I have so much work to do and I don't feel like cooking dinner. Fill in the blank, you get it. Instead, I need to change that narrative to what I'm grateful for. Of I'm so proud of myself for landing this job And I'm so grateful for my healthy son because he was in the NICU for 21 days and we were so scared during that time. And now look at him. I get to be his mom. So focusing on things that I'm grateful for instead of the negative things have definitely helped my anxiety. Another strategy is to focus on what I can control. Everything in life has two parts, what it is and how you react to it. So this part is the how you react to it. Here's an example. I was recently summoned for jury duty. Now, part of me was kind of excited about it because I love that stuff, and I'm sure that that makes me a minority here. However, I do enjoy jury duty. But there's so many logistics that immediately sparked my anxiety. I don't really know where I'm going. I don't know how to get there. Where do I park? What if I get a parking ticket? How am I going to drop my son off on time? How am I going to pick him up on time? Do I have to find a substitute for my class? What if I can't find someone who can actually teach my class? Does that mean I'm going to be a week behind my lesson plan? You get the picture. It immediately made me worry. Instead, I started focusing on what I can control. 
to avoid traffic and to figure out where I'm going, I can look it up. I can become comfortable with that route. I can leave earlier. I can talk to my son's daycare provider and tell her my situation so she can be a little bit more empathetic if I'm there earlier or later than normal. I can talk to fellow teachers and have them help me lesson plan and draw out my curriculum. I can find a substitute teacher who can actually teach math. All of these things that were in my control, I had to take advantage of. That way, I could do my civil duty and have my privilege as a citizen of the United States by serving jury duty. By the way, I did. He was guilty on all counts. I don't think I was supposed to talk about that. But it was a really good experience for me, and it went well because all of the factors that I could control went well. Lessening my caffeine intake has helped me avoid anxiety. I love coffee, but if I have too much caffeine or too much sugary creamer, my head starts spinning, and not in a way that's like do all the things at a much faster pace. More like I have 45 tabs open my computer and I don't know where the music is coming from way. So I need to lessen my caffeine intake. So here's what I do. I drink this coffee called Lion's Mane and it is made from superfood mushrooms. I know that sounds funny, but it's superfood mushrooms and coffee. And it doesn't taste like mushrooms. It just tastes like coffee, but it has some superfood power and a much lower dose of caffeine. I'll link to that in the show notes for you. Similarly, I've learned to lessen my alcohol intake. Not to say that I was drinking a lot beforehand, but I have noticed that even having one glass of wine at night, the next morning I wake up and my head is in a fog. Or worse yet, I am just down, like depressed down the entire next day. So avoiding alcohol has helped me lessen my anxiety. I rarely drink on weeknights anymore. I mean, it has to have been a very long day for me to do that. I sometimes will drink on weekends. It really is just a social thing for me. Uh, But I've realized that sometimes it's just not worth it. Because if you think about it, alcohol is a toxin. And there is some type of reaction that has to be happening in your brain for you to have a depressed reaction to it. Something is going on with the chemicals and the neurotransmitters there's my psychology degree again, in order for you to feel depressed the next day. So to avoid that, I lessen how much alcohol I'm drinking and how often I'm drinking. Of course, maintaining a consistent exercise plan has also helped me decrease my levels of anxiety. The key word here is consistent. Because anything is better than nothing when it comes to exercise for the sake of maintaining your sanity. Now, I'm not talking about exercising to lose weight or exercising to grow your quads or whatever you're interested in growing. I'm looking at exercise as a way to have mental stability throughout the day. Another one that's not as surprising is getting enough sleep, prioritizing your sleep. I admit that I am so selfish when it comes to sleep. I absolutely have to get about eight hours or more, preferably, of sleep in order to function the next day and not be super crabby. So I always have a plan of when I'm about to get ready for bed. And when I go to bed, I tend to wake up the same time every morning without an alarm because it's become a habit and I've created a routine around it. Of course, having a one-year-old doesn't always help that, 
but I try my best to maintain a routine. Now, I have found a natural supplement that has helped me lower my levels of anxiety. I started taking it when I started seeing that therapist when I was in grad school. Again, keep in mind I was working for Whole Foods and I was all about natural supplementation. I still kind of am. And I remember talking to my therapist about it when we were having the medication conversation. And her exact words to me were, if this is helping you, even if it's just a placebo, keep taking it because it's working. So I encourage you to try it out as well. Of course, talk to your doctor first. Not a doctor, I'm not a psychologist or a therapist, but it does work for me. It's called Holy Basil. Holy Basil. I will link that in my show notes as well. Again, even if it's a placebo, meaning it doesn't actually do anything except for give you the mental reassurance that it actually is working, then it's doing something. So try it out. This next strategy sounds kind of funny, but I'm telling you it works so well for me. So here's what it is. You think about what the worst thing is that could happen in this case And you realize that the worst case scenario isn't that bad. So all these things that you're worrying about is actually not awful. Here's an example. I was so anxious about taking the entrance exam for biz school. And I remember thinking, what if I don't do well? And what if I don't get into the school? And, you know, all these racing thoughts about my performance on this exam which of course is not going to help me perform on this exam. But anyway, I told myself, okay, well, what's the worst thing that could happen? Well, the worst thing that could happen is that I don't do well. And that means that I either need to take it again or I have to apply to a different school. So the option of going to business school is still there. It just may not happen the exact way that I planned it out, but it still is a possibility. Now, what ended up happening is I didn't do as well as I was doing on the practice practice exams, but I still got into the school that I wanted to go to, and I didn't need to retake the test. So all of that worrying was pointless, as it usually is. That's something else I should probably tell myself. There's no point in worrying, but that's kind of hard to convince yourself of when you're in the moment. Anyway, focusing on the thing that could be the worst case scenario and realizing the worst case is still a possibility. Another thing that I consciously remind myself of in order to lower my levels of anxiety is this. I always get things done. So by reminding myself of my track record, I'm kind of giving myself a confidence boost that I have it in me to do this. So if I'm overwhelmed and stressed and just cannot fathom all the work it's going to take to get from point A to point B, I have to remind myself, you always find a way. Now, I'm not saying that it's going to be easy, and I'm not saying that you're going to get your full eight hours of sleep every night, but keep in mind that this is temporary, and you will find a way to get this done. And finally, my last strategy is one that I have adopted more recently, and it's one of the most important ones, and that is to give myself grace. To do that, I need to be aware of my symptoms and understand when they're happening. So for example, I know when I start feeling sluggish and I constantly want to sleep 
and I'm having really bad nightmares on a nightly basis, I know that I'm about to endure a cycle of depression. And this is important because it allows me to communicate that with those around me, and it allows me to tell myself that I can get through this. This is only temporary. I will get through this. Giving myself grace also means that I have to realize that some of this is just nature. Some of this is just my own ancestor history that I was born with. It's a chemical imbalance. It's a physical thing that's happening in your brain that you do not have control over. And this was a big deal to me when I first went through depression as a teenager. I remember having really difficult thoughts of why does it take a pill to make me happy and why can't I just be like everyone else without having something that's going to help get me to that level. I now realize that because it's out of my control, I need to accept it and I need to focus on what I can control. I know this podcast episode was a little bit different than our normal ones, but I sure hope that you found something that was really useful for you. Maybe you suffer from anxiety and depression the same way that I do, and maybe this is something that you can take away and help decrease your levels of anxiety and depression. If you found this interesting, I would love if you subscribed to my podcast. You can also find me on social media. I'm on Instagram at social media mompreneur. Until next time, happy avoiding anxiety and depression.